We wanted to make me, my spouse, and Adai a joint creative effort between husband and wife. Right now, I'm sitting down with Gwyneth to get a little insight into how she created the character with whom we will be adventuring, Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. Hello, everyone. My name is Austin, the resident DM of me, my spouse, and Adai, and welcome to this special introductory episode. We wanted to give you all a chance to get to know us before you jump into the adventure, so right now I am sitting down with... Hey, this is Gwyneth, and I play Octavia Marguerite Sinclair. Uh, so we're just going to be talking a little bit about, uh, right now, we're going to be talking about Gwyneth and her experience with RPGs and mm -hmm. uh, the general process that we've been through and she's been through to make her character and uh, just set up this podcast in general. And so without further ado, why don't you just introduce yourself? Sounds good. Yeah, so my name is Gwyneth. I am married to Austin and I am currently employed as a tax attorney and I'm really excited to be working on this podcast with Austin because it'll be able to give that creative side of my brain that I don't always get to tap into at work work an element to an opportunity to really come forward and shine. Great. Um so I guess the first thing is what uh, to describe what your experience with tabletop RPGs in general is. So when, when did you start and what has your journey up to this point been like? So I first started playing um, tabletop RPGs actually with Austin, with you, during undergrad actually. It was kind of Christmas time and we were going to do a one-shot. Uh, back at Austin's family and this was before we were married so there was a couple a couple pressures there was hey here's this new thing called Dungeons and Dragons why don't you learn all these rules and build a character and then also play this game with your you know your your significant other's family that you don't know that well at that point so that was that was my first experience and it was a it was honestly a fantastic one I spent way too much time uh planning out my character and making this elaborate backstory. She ended up being basically useless, but I have fond memories of her, and I will probably never play a monk ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Anything uh, since then? And then uh, since then, we've uh, Austin and I have been part of a couple, a couple different campaigns. Um, most notably, Austin and I, you and I have had a long-standing kind of two-year campaign, kind of doing one-on-one -on -one stuff similar to what this podcast is going to be um, when we both kind of moved to a new city and we didn't have too, too many um, RPG friends. So we, we still, wanted to, still wanted to keep on playing D&D, &D, and that's when we decided to do a one-on-one. -on -one. And it worked out so well. It was, it was so much fun. That, that's one of the longest one of the longest campaigns that I've been involved um, in. And then we also have another bigger campaign that we are both involved in as well. Yeah, so uh, it sounds like you've had, well, I know this, but I'm sure to the people listening, it sounds like you've had experience with both playing one-on-one -on -one with me and in a full party. Uh, so from That's a right. player's perspective, uh, how are these things different? Because I know, like, uh, one of our, you know, unique points is that we're doing one-on-one, -on -one, one player, mm -hmm. one DM. So just 
give the people a bit of an idea of how playing as just one person is different than playing in a party of four, five, six. Yeah, absolutely. So they understandably are very different and there are definitely pros and cons to being a one-on-one um, campaign versus a you know full party campaign. The the pros of that full party campaign is when you are as a player are stuck when you're presented with a problem either like with a puzzle or with a role playing situation where you just have no idea what to do and you're like I you know I don't I've done all my perception checks I've done all my arcana checks and I have no idea what this puzzle is you know you have other people that you can converse with and talk to who have different skills as characters and who have different skills as people that you can kind of dialogue with and they have different skills that they can bring to the table. So that's a really big pro that in a party, like a large party that you don't quite have with one-on-one because in the future, potentially when uh, Austin presents me or Octavia with a situation that she's not quite sure what to do with there you know there are there there's not no one else at the table that I can really turn to to try to to bounce ideas off of so that's kind of some of the pros and cons of a one-on-one versus a party um however on the flip side there's an ease with being a one-on-one because you actually don't have to confer as much sometimes one of the cons of a larger party is um being concise and figuring out what you want to do because you have a bunch of these different people and they have different ideas of how they want to present um, a situation or how they want to attack a problem. Uh, But with one-on-one, if I have a way that I want to proceed, there we go. And I don't have to, you know, confer with anyone or worry that I'm going to hurt someone's feelings or make sure that all the different characters are heard. I can just, if I think that this is the best course of action, I can just pursue it, which is also, which is really nice. So there are definitely pros and cons for both the one-on-one campaign setting versus a kind of traditional larger party setting. Very good. Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all all very interesting. Um, yeah. So in in general speaking, so you're you're playing some character, which we'll talk about in just a second, but what is your overall process of character creation? Because I know everybody does it a little bit different. Yeah, so so character creation, I've I've had a different a couple different processes throughout the the different characters that I've built, and I've found that the the best way for me to go about building a character is find find an idea that I'm really interested in and go with that as opposed to having an ideal that is very different from I am and then trying to play that type of character. So for example, I, I, I tried once to play a character that was very reticent, who was kind of not rude, but kind of rude, didn't really like to talk to people. Um, it, basically, there were kind of some elements in her that was very different from me as an actual person. And I w- wanted to explore being someone very different from who I am. And I found that to be a very difficult character to actually play. So I've f- learning from that, I have tried to see elements that are within myself and try to play those up a little bit um so that it's a bit more natural of a role-playing um process and not so much pulling teeth um so this character will be a bit more talkative um a bit more gregarious which is also of course helpful with being a one-on-one a one-on-one campaign very true (laughs) 
So we really want her to not talk to people if she's the only one who's doing the talking. Um, and so that is that's part of the process. Also part of the process is I've honestly just flipped through the PHB, the player's handbook, and my one of my favorite characters, which was um, the character that I played on, the one-on-one that Austin and I had for a couple of years prior to this podcast, I literally was just flipping through the player's handbook saw a picture of a dragonborn and I was like that looks super cool I want to be a dragonborn and then we were flipping through the classes and I think it came to the picture in the sorcerer class and I was like that looks super cool so now I'm playing a dragonborn sorcerer so it's been as you know intense of a contemplation as oh what are my own characteristics and what can I play off of to being almost as superficial as what are some super cool illustrations in the player's handbook that are (laughs) inspiring me um so I think that the creation of Octavia has been a good marrying of those two different kind of more contemplative while also going with your gut and what just has inspired you right off the bat or inspired me yeah because I'm the player (laughs) yeah yeah. uh so why don't you go ahead and just tell us a little bit about your current character yeah absolutely so I am playing Octavia Marguerite Sinclair she is an Asimar druid she comes from a uh, a merchant uh, mercantile merchant type background. She and her family have a not too too little, but not necessarily some great uh, shop of herbs as well as other alchemical components that is set up in the location of Lake Ansel, which we will find out more about later um, when we talk more about the world. So she, um, being an Asimar, she has human parents and she was endowed with a, a sort of a divine blessing kind of prior to birth and has been, you know, destined to have these connections to the gods that are, um, the gods of Moir. And so that's that's kind of where she is. She will be, mechanically speaking, we're going to be starting her out at third level um, because at first level you can be killed by a giant weasel and then that I don't think would be very good podcasting if she died in the very first episode. <laughs> <laughs> so we are bumping her up to third. So all of y'all were, are going to miss the, you know, those great... Um, xp moments of excitement going from first to third level um so one of the so with being a druid she is focusing on her connection to nature and her her communion um with the mammalian uh forms of nature and so she as a druid is going to be focusing more on um wild shaping as opposed to spell casting cool that sounds awesome basically one of the things that made me uh uh find inspiration for her we were talking uh, Austin and I were talking and I was going through going back and forth between a di- couple different classes I kind of knew I wanted to be an Asimar because it, it's a different ish class um some uh, class I hadn't pl- uh sorry it's a different ish race a race that I hadn't played before so I thought that would be interesting and then and we were talking about uh being a druid and as an Asimar at third level, you gain incorporeal wings, which you can sustain for a certain amount of time. And I was talking with Austin, and I was like, if I wild shape, can I also use my incorporeal wings, which is just a racial feature as opposed to being a spell? And we were talking about it and looking at the rules, and we found out that there would be nothing stopping me from becoming a flying bear. So that kind of... 
kind of was like the clincher there. And I was like, as soon as I found out that I could be a flying bear, I knew that she was a character for me. That does sound pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope you all think so too. I mean, it's pretty exciting and pretty terrifying if you think of it. Yeah. She has, you know, she has some mystique uh, throughout her past. There's been some tragedy following her as being an Asimar. Uh, but there's some of that that I'd rather kind of play out as the podcast goes on as opposed to divulging of all of my secrets right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes total sense. And that'll be things to unpeel as we uh, as we go further. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if there's anything else you would like to say about her, feel free. But otherwise... um. I mean, I, I think that sort of wraps wraps that part up. Perfect. Yeah, I think that's that is uh, as much as I would like to divulge without being going too far. Uh, so you personally, mm-hmm. we've uh, as we said, we we played a one on one campaign for you know about two years. Uh, took her from level one to ten. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and throughout that time, we had tossed around the idea of you know doing it as a podcast, but we were in the middle of a campaign, and we were like, eh, maybe not. Uh, so what are you most looking forward to about playing this? Not just for our own enjoyment, but for the enjoyment of dozens <laughs> all five people, of people who all are five all our people family. who are going to listen to us. Um, yeah, what what is that? Obviously, it's kind of exciting and it's kind of terrifying at the same time. But what are you, what are you looking forward to about that? Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that creative element. Um I really enjoy being a lawyer. I really enjoy the work that I do professionally. Um, but I also have a background in theater and creative arts. And there's some elements um, from my background that aren't able to be utilized as much professionally just by essence of what it is that I do. So I am really, really looking forward to making something. And it's I really enjoy making something for others. It's it's really fun for me. It's really fun to make things just to make stuff, but I also find it really fun to make stuff for people to enjoy, you know, whether that's even just making something for my family for Christmas or making something for Austin. Um, and so that's something that I'm really enjoying is being able to make something, but not only just to make something, but to make something that hopefully, <laughs> that's always the hope, that, that people will enjoy and will come back to. So that's that's really what I'm looking, one of the really main things that I'm looking forward to. Awesome. Well, uh, if you have any parting words for our audience, otherwise I think that'll wrap up this little portion. Thanks all again for listening, and if you liked what you heard, please go to iTunes and uh, give us a rate and a review and subscribe to our iTunes um, RSS feed. That would be a great way for us to grow and be able to reach some more listeners with our story. Thank you. Bye. Bye.